Hello, everyone. We're out of the home office this week. We're actually here in the fancy schmancy new NEC headquarters. I'm Craig D'Amico, and this is NEC Football on the Run. This past weekend, what a weekend of NEC football action. All eight teams were in action for head-to-head -head conference matchups. So let's get right to it. It's time to check out this week's top headlines with our pick six. We start under the Friday night lights at Hamline Field atop Grimes Hill in Staten Island, New York for a battle between the LIU Sharks and the Wagner Seahawks. Wagner, on their second series of the game, marched 10 plays, 74 yards in just over four minutes to take the lead on a Zachary Palmer Smith two-yard touchdown run, his second straight week with a score. Then, second quarter, game tied at seven. LIU quarterback Derek Green is pressured, flushed out of the pocket, and he throws it right to Kobe Calvin at the 40-yard line. The only problem, Calvin plays for the other team, the Wagner Seahawks. He runs it down the far sideline for a 60-yard pick six score and the Seahawks are back in front on their next offensive series Seahawks quarterback Nick Kargman connects on a pretty pass down the near sideline to Naeem Simmons who just outran his defender to get open a 29-yard touchdown pass and the Seahawks are back in front 21-16 Simmons has had some big plays over the last few weeks this was his latest his third touchdown catch of the season both teams would trade field goals after that to make it 24-16 at the half. Second straight week, Wagner is in front at intermission. Sophomore Wagner running back Ricky Sproul also had a touchdown in back-to-back -back weeks. He had a one-yard touchdown run with under six minutes to go in the third, capping off an 11-play, 72-yard drive to make it 30-19 Seahawks. But now we get to the turning point of the game. LIU drive down 11, close to midfield, third and seven. Green is pressured again, hit from behind, and picked off by Junior Wiley, who takes it 49 yards the other direction to the house. A second Wagner defensive score on the night to make it 37-19. And as the final seconds ticked down, third-year head coach Thomas Ella got the old Gatorade bath, which I'm sure felt very refreshing on this particular chilly fall evening in Staten Island. His first win as a head coach with the Seahawks, Wagner in the win column, a 37-26 win. We move on now to the game of the week. In North Andover, Massachusetts, it was a battle of two of the undefeated teams in the Northeast Conference, the Merrimack Warriors welcoming in the two-time reigning and defending NEC champion Sacred Heart Pioneers. Winner stays in first place at least for one more week. Merrimack got off to the fast start. On their second series, they went seven plays, 70 yards in under three minutes. Running back Victor Dawson, our guest two weeks ago here on the show, ran it in from 28 yards out, his 10th rushing touchdown touchdown of the year he's in double figures and Merrimack drew first blood seven nothing then at the start of the second quarter Warriors quarterback Gavin McCusker who is unbeaten since taking over the reins as QB1 finds Pat Conroy for a 20-yard touchdown pass to make it 14 nothing Warriors Sacred Heart had two drives late in the second half that went deep into Merrimack territory. The first stalling with a couple of runs that really didn't get that much and a delay of game penalty. The second one was only stopped by time running out in the first half. Both drives ended with Sam Renzi field goals. It was 14-6 Merrimack at the break. Third quarter, 
That's where things got crazy. 33 combined points between these two teams. Merrimack had a big play on defense. Shane Butler picked off Marquez McCray and ran it back 68 yards for a pick six touchdown. And it's all coming up Merrimack, 21 to six. But here come the Pioneers. They've been down and they've come back before. McCray comes right back, finds Kenneth Womack for a 68-yard touchdown to make it 21-13. Then on the next Sacred Heart possession, McCray runs it in on his own to pull Sacred Heart within a single point, 21-20. Fourth straight game for McCray with both a passing and a rushing touchdown. Sacred Heart then took their first lead of the afternoon on a special play by their special teams. A blocked punt by Peyton Rhodes. It rolled out of the end zone for a safety, and then on the ensuing free kick, they added another Renzi field goal to make it 25-21 Sacred Heart in front. But time and time again this year, how calm, cool, and collected has Gavin McCusker been at quarterback. The champs, they were making a big comeback, big lead evaporating for Merrimack, no problem. McCusker leads the team nine plays, 75 yards in just over four minutes. He runs it in from two yards out, and the Warriors are back in the driver's seat, 28-25 after three. They'd add a Liam Davis 37-yard field goal in the fourth to make it 31-25, but the Pioneers would have one last chance. A late drive to try and tie and likely win the game with an extra point. First and 10 at the Warriors 24. McCray is sacked by Trey Jordan for a loss of seven. They'd have to spike it to stop the clock on second down. So third and 17 at the 31, 31 yards away from the end zone. McCray completes to LJ Haskett for six yards to the 25, but he stopped inbounds. Tick, 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 tick. The clock expires and the ball game is over. The Merrimack Warriors knock off the champs from the ranks of the NEC unbeatens in 2022. 31-25 the final. McCusker, 125 yards passing, 55 yards rushing on the day with a touchdown both through the air and on the ground. McCray over 300 yards passing for a second straight week. Merrimack won the game despite 16 penalties for 142 yards. Something they're going to have to shore up a little bit. But the Warriors are 4-0 in league play for the first time in history. They've won five in a row overall. And they also received a program-high 14 votes in this week's FCS Coaches Poll. Headline number three focuses on the other unbeaten team in NEC action, the St. Francis Red Flash. They welcomed in Stonehill for a Saturday afternoon homecoming clash at DeGaulle Field. After a Stonehill field goal on their first drive of the game, St. Francis answered a short time later, first and goal at the one. Damon Horton rushes it up the middle for a score to give the Red Flash the edge. And then after the D for a Stonehill punt, the offense took over at their own 35. St. Francis quarterback Cole Doyle with what looks like a sweep handoff actually goes down in the record books as a push pass to Elijah Surratt who turns the corner around the left side and turns on the burner 65 yards to the end zone and after two quick strikes boom it's 14-3 red flash. Now Stonehill would score the next 10 points a field goal by Perry Shelbred from 40 yards out right before the half and then Jermaine Corbett a one yard touchdown run just past five minutes into the second half 
and the Skyhawks fight right back. They're only down one. Going into the fourth, St. Francis trying to preserve what is now a 17-13 lead. They turn to their defense. Stonehill driving inside the red zone. Their quarterback, Asher Karaha, turns his back to hand off. The only problem is Donnell Brown was right on his back, coming in untouched. Football pops free and recovered by SFU. Stonehill would have one last chance. Third and 15, close to midfield. Karaha sacked by Ali. Stonehill would punt. St. Francis would muff but recover the punt and run out the final 209. St. Francis wins it 17-13 over Stonehill to move to 5-2 overall on the year. Their best start in their Division I history. And the 4-0 start in league play ties Merrimack for first place and is SFU's best start as a program since they won it all. Now, with Cole Doyle at the controls, he went 13 for 21, 156 yards with a touchdown and a pick. He was also the team's leading rusher, 70 yards on the ground. St. Francis held Stonehill's video game number offense under control, just 255 total yards. The defense for St. Francis forced two turnovers and also recorded two sacks. Now, a great story that came out this week also from Loretto on St. Francis social media. Colt Jennings, a linebacker in his redshirt sophomore season from Cleveland, started a nonprofit to help kids in his hometown. Jennings is helping out kids who get free lunches at school, but then don't get meals when there's school breaks and there is no school in session. So with Nourish Kits, they've raised over $6,000 and provided gift cards to students at St. Francis Elementary School on the east side of Cleveland. Great job by Jennings for using his platform as an NEC student athlete to help people, help kids in his community. Jennings recorded his first career sack for the Red Flash back on September 24th at Nor Norfolk State. Moving on, headline number five, the Duquesne Dukes were back at it, and they were out to send a message against the Central Connecticut State Blue Devils. First quarter, Central driving a deflected pass is picked off by Jaden Johnson. Then the Dukes went on an epic drive of all drives. 20 plays over nine minutes. They just couldn't get it in the end zone. They had to settle for a 23-yard field goal, but they do take the early lead. It was now 6-0 Dukes towards the end of the second quarter. Their quarterback, Darius Perantes, was in at quarterback. He finds Abdul Jenna for a 7-yard touchdown. Duquesne up 13-0 at intermission. Jenna leads the NEC with 7 touchdown receptions on the year. Central's Nas Smith has had a solid season. He's the league's third leading rusher. In the third quarter, he gets in the end zone with a 19-yard run to pull Central within 13-7, but the Dukes would pull away in the fourth quarter. Another field goal made at 16-7. Perantes to Jalen Cooper with a 24-yard touchdown pass, and then Ezekiel Dower picked off Sean Mitchell and ran it back 30 yards to the house for a pick six. 17 unanswered points in the fourth quarter for the Dukes as Duquesne exercises some demons, so to speak. They get back in the win column 30-7. Darius Perantes went 17 for 24, 260 yards and two touchdowns. Dwayne Menders had 118 yards on eight catches, and the Dukes defense recorded three picks. Central's Nas Smith had 98 yards on 20 carries. So a big change at the top of the standings in the NEC this week. Sacred Heart falls from the ranks of the conference unbeatens, leaving just Merrimack and St. Francis both at 4-0. Reminder, both teams play each other head-to-head, 
final game of the regular season in Massachusetts. In fact, let's look at those two teams and their remaining schedules for Merrimack. Next week, they're at Stonehill. Then they have a week off. They're at Central Connecticut State on November 12th and then return home for that finale against St. Francis on November 19th. As for the Red Flash, a tough game at Sacred Heart next week. They have a non-conference game against Georgetown. The 12th of November, they take on Duquesne. And finally, they wrap things up at Merrimack. St. Francis, at least on paper, appears to have maybe a little bit of a tougher road. Now, after those two, Sacred Heart is sitting in third at 2-1. and one. Stonehill, Duquesne, and Wagner are all 1-2. and two. Central and LIU both still in search of their first NEC win, but they'll play each other head-to-head -head November 5th in Brookville, New York. Time now for our top three stars of the week. We start with number three. It's Duquesne quarterback Darius Perantis. The sophomore quarterback didn't start the game on Saturday against Central Connecticut, but boy, did he finish. After entering the game in the second quarter, Perantis went 17 for 24, 71% completion percentage, 260 yards, and two touchdown passes to lead the Dukes to a much-needed 30-6 win against the Blue Devils. Perantis was named the NEC Offensive Player of the Week for the first time this season. Our second star is Wagner linebacker Junior Wiley. On Friday night against LIU, the junior linebacker recorded four tackles, a sack, and a 49-yard interception return touchdown. The score coming early in the fourth quarter extended the Seahawks' lead from 11 to 18 and put the game out of reach as the Seahawks secured their first win since September of 2019. Wiley was named the NEC Defensive Player of the Week, and we'll have more on Wiley and the Seahawks' defense coming up later on in the show. And our top star this week is Merrimack quarterback Gavin McCusker. In leading the Warriors to a victory over the two-time reigning champs on Saturday, McCusker went 10 for 16, 62.5% completion, 124 yards, and he had a touchdown passing and a touchdown rushing to go with 54 rushing yards on the ground. By the way, that rushing touchdown was the eventual game-winning touchdown in the waning seconds of the third. McCusker has won all five of his career starts and is the fourth rated quarterback in terms of passing efficiency in the Northeast Conference. Gavin McCusker, the biggest star in Merrimack's biggest win and our top star of the week. And up next here on NEC Football on the Run, we are joined by Wagner College Seahawks quarterback Nick Carterman, who this past weekend led the Seahawks to their first win in over a thousand days, 37 to 26 over the LIU Sharks. So Nick, let's start with that. How was your Friday night? It was the first win in forever for the Seahawks. So how'd, how'd you celebrate it? Um, I mean, we we celebrated from the time the clock hit zero. I mean, everybody stormed <laughs> the field. Uh, Coach got, got the, uh, the Gatorade dumped on him, and everyone just went wild on the field. Everyone went crazy in the locker room. So it was awesome. It was just an awesome night to get that first win. So it was great. What, what was the locker room like when things finally kind of settled and you all made your way back you know, underneath where people didn't get to see it? Uh, and what, what was the vibe like and the morale like in that area? Man, everybody was just going crazy. I mean, some coaches got in the middle of the dancing <laughs> circle and were dancing around and everyone was just, we were playing the music and jumping around and going crazy. So everyone was just having a great time, just letting out, letting out all the emotions. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Sure. Yeah, and now you know this was the first win, but but look, you, you guys have been close. You, you've you've been in a lot of games over the last year, two years or so. So, what was the difference about this week that allowed you guys to kind of put everything together? Um, I think as you said, like we just put it all together because 
I was thinking back, you know, Fordham was a game that I said we were up in the third quarter. Yeah. And I mean, if, you know, if you look back at Fordham, that was a game I think a lot of us thought we should have had. And um, same with Columbia, you know, it was a really close game. And we, we thought that, you know, there were some games that we really should have had. And uh, it was just a matter of finishing and focusing on the game plan and, um, and executing our details. And we finally just put it all together this week. Now, how has the team kind of been able to, to stay positive, you know, over the last few years where you're putting in the work, not necessarily seeing the results, but, you know, making the progress to, to get to this point this past weekend? How has the team able to keep that positive mindset? Yeah, I think, I think it's just a testament to everybody on the team, everybody's um, attitude. And, you know, it's easy if, you know, everyone, if you're on a team where, you know, you're used to winning and it's a winning culture and 10 wins a season – but it really, you know, shows your true character, you know, a team that's been, you know, through some struggles and down lately, you know, to keep fighting and keep fighting and coming back. So I think it's just a testament to everybody on the team, everybody's character and everybody's will to win. I want to talk about one of your weapons, uh, your wide receiver Simmons. The last couple of weeks, he's made some incredible plays. There was one a couple of weeks ago. He was in between like three defenders and somehow he was able to get through for like 50 yards or so down the field. How easy does having a weapon like him, how easy does that make it for you as the quarterback? Man, I mean, it, it makes it so much easier just knowing I can get the ball in a guy like him, get the ball in his hands, and he can just, you know, cut through the defense and make, you know, make something out of nothing. So it takes a lot of pressure off of me and the whole offense to be able to get those plays from him. And he's a great player. I mean, he works really hard. I mean, he's extremely talented. So it's just it's we're lucky to play with him and lucky, lucky to have him. Speaking about defense, when you saw your defense helping you out on the scoreboard, running a couple pick sixes back, what were you thinking on the sidelines? Oh, man, I was loving it because that makes it so much easier, you know, on our offense when our defense scores not only one but two touchdowns. I was I was being a huge fan on the sideline. I mean, I was I was so excited and so happy for those guys. And, you know, they worked so hard and it was awesome to see, you know, two defensive touchdowns come come on on Friday night. So it was awesome. It was awesome to see. Now, now, as we said, you know, Wagner's first last win prior to this past week was back in 2019. But the last time Wagner had a win streak, two in a row or more in a row, were the final two games of the 2018 season. And that's the history that you guys are looking to make this upcoming weekend to turn that one win into a win streak. Well, what is it going to take to beat Central this week? You know, come, is, is there extra morale, do you think, you know, coming off that win leading into the second game this weekend? Um, I mean, that's what coach said in the meeting yesterday. He said, let's build off, you know, build off this one and let's make it two in a row and keep going from there. I mean, I think we all have the confidence. Um, you know, we've had the confidence in ourselves that we can win and make it a win streak. So, um, but it's just a matter of just focusing on the game plan, studying, studying our opponent. You know, we have a really good opponent in central Connecticut, you know, their record might not seem like it, but they're a very good football team. And, uh, we just got to focus on our, our game plan. Um, keep studying film and keep getting better. All right, we look forward to that game coming up this weekend, but we're going to get you out here with, with five quick hitters. Some first thing that comes to your mind. All right. Let us know what it is. Okay. All right. Uh, what is your favorite song on your warm up playlist? <sighs> favorite song on my warm up playlist. Um, probably I like uh, back to back by Drake. Okay. Uh, yeah. Who is your who's your favorite player to watch? Either could be someone playing currently, or it could be someone from the past. Um, Tom Brady, hundred percent. Great answer, especially for a quarterback. 
Um, yep. what, what, now we need you to confirm this. What was the, you mentioned this earlier. What was the liquid that you dumped on coach's head Friday night? Was it just plain water or was it a Gatorade flavor? What, what was the liquid? <laughs> um, I believe I might've said Gatorade, but I believe it was just, it was just water. Okay. All right. Uh, what is your favorite and your least favorite Halloween candy? Um, my favorite hundred percent is Kit Kats. Um, and my least favorite is probably Reese's. I don't like peanut butter and chocolate together. Wow. Okay. All right. Yes. A little controversial take there. Yeah. Uh, and, and the last question, you know, since your time coming over to Wagner, uh, what's been your favorite moment as a Seahawk so far? Um, favorite moment. I, I mean, I gotta say Friday night. I mean, that was awesome. I mean, I'm still feeling everybody's still feeling great from Friday night. So, I mean, that was just awesome to get that first win. So that's, that's gotta be the, the best moment. The the fact that it was like, you know, Friday night under the lights, ESPN thrill, did that just add to it? Yeah. Yeah. It made it all more special. I mean, under the lights on our home field on a national stage, I think there was only one other game FCS game on TV. Um, so it was, just, it was just an awesome, awesome environment atmosphere. Well, congratulations to you and the rest of the guys. Uh, Wagner quarterback Nick Cardman will lead the Seahawks coming off their first win since September of 2019 into action on Saturday against Central Connecticut. Nick, thanks so much for joining us this week here on NEC Football on the Run. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Now time for today's stat chat, and we're chatting it up about the Wagner Seahawks, who had two defensive touchdowns in their 37-26 win over the LIU Sharks last Friday night. In the second quarter, senior Kobe Colvin returned an interception 60 yards for a touchdown, and then in the fourth, junior, junior Wiley, picked the ball out of the air and ran it back 49 yards for a pick six to put the game away. But don't forget, back in their season opener against Fordham, junior defensive back Christian Davis recorded a 17 yard fumble return touchdown as well so now make that three defensive touchdowns for the Seahawks so far this season which leads the Northeast Conference it's also third in the entire country only Houston Christian and Southern U have more defensive scores this year the Wagner defense doing their part on the scoreboard our topic for this week's stat chat and on this final Saturday in October, Halloween weekend, all NEC teams are once again in action with four head-to-head -head conference battles. So let's check out what's coming up this week on TAP. We start at high noon Saturday in New Britain as the Wagner Seahawks, as we mentioned earlier with our guest Nick Kargman, look to turn their first win in forever into a win streak for the first time since their final two games of the 2018 campaign. They're taking on the Central Connecticut State Blue Devils, who are looking to take their names off the list of the win list this week. Central has won the last four meetings head-to-head, -head, but there have been some bangers in there. A four-overtime game in 2017 and a two-point Central win just last year. Central running back Nas Smith is third in the league in rushing, while Chizzy Umanakwe leads the league with over 10 tackles per game. The Merrimack Warriors will look to win their sixth in a row and move to 5-0 against the NEC as they travel to Easton, Massachusetts and W.B. Mason Stadium to renew acquaintances with the Stonehill Skyhawks for a Bay State battle rivalry game. Now, Stonehill had won seven straight in this series until Merrimack won their last meeting in the Northeast 10, 38-24 back in 2018. Now they take things to the FCS level as conference rivals in the NEC. And what better way to make a statement 
and also kind of needle your interstate rival and hand them their first defeat of the season and knock them out of first place, right? What an opportunity for Stonehill. Now, both teams have received steady play from their quarterbacks. The ground game has been huge for both sides, and the defenses have played well also. Now, Stonehill just held the NEC's number one offense to just 14 points and 375 yards just last week. That's 50 yards under St. Francis's season average. So, should be a great matchup when two of the NEC's newest institutions match up in Massachusetts. And finally, we feature our ESPN3 Game of the Week with the St. Francis Red Flash traveling to Connecticut and Campus Field to take on the Sacred Heart Pioneers. The Red Flash are off to their best start since they last won the league title back in 2016. But you know what they say, in order to be the champs, you got to beat the champs. And this is St. Francis's opportunity. St. Francis leads the NEC 415 yards of offense per game, while Sacred Heart is the NEC's number one defense, only yielding 317 per game. Irresistible force, meet a movable object. Something's got to give. Sacred Heart has the NEC's leading passer and rusher in tow with Marquez McCray and Malik Grant. Cole Doyle has been solid at quarterback for the Red Flash. He leads the NEC in completion percentage, and he'll have plenty of weapons at his disposal, including Makai Jackson and Elijah Surratt, who have a combined nine touchdown catches this year. No doubt the Pioneers will be in a little bit of a grumpy mood coming off their first NEC setback of the season last week against Merrimack. They will have home field advantage and a big home field advantage. They've won their last 13 straight at Campus Field. It's St. Francis and Sacred Heart, 12 noon, Saturday on ESPN3. And that'll just about do it for this week's episode. Again, congratulations to the Wagner Seahawks. We'll see if they can turn their win into a win streak this weekend. Also, some monster matchups. Both of the NEC's two remaining unbeatens have some serious tests. Merrimack and that interstate rival. And how many times do strange things happen in interstate rivalries? So that'll be interesting to see. Merrimack and Stonehill. And then, of course, the big ESPN3 game between Sacred Heart and St. Francis. We'll be back here. Well, probably back in the home office to recap it all and wrap things up right back for you next week. Until then, I'm Craig D'Amico, and this has been NEC Football on the Run.